Praise the Lord. Yeah. Good conversations going on out there, I can tell, on this beautiful, cool morning in January. Good to see everyone here this morning. Why don't you greet your neighbor? Tell him hello. Not like you weren't already doing that. Praise the Lord. It is good to see all of you here this morning. If you are a guest here at Grace, we're glad that you are with us. As I was thinking about the service this morning, I, I, you know when you're here at Grace and you're in our Sunday morning services, there's always this sense of eagerness and, and, and expectation and excitement, I believe. Why do you think that is? Can anybody tell me? Participation. It's because we know who Jesus is. We know who Jesus is, and we know that the power and expansive reach of the Lord, and we know that God wants to do something here this morning in somebody's life. We're glad to be here and to be witnesses of that. I have a few announcements this morning. Tuesday, January 23rd, we will have our Tuesday morning prayer in the sanctuary at 10 a.m. as normal. And then Sunday, January 28th, Brother A.J. Holloway will be speaking at our 11 a.m. Service And on February 19th through March 10th, on February 19th, we're going to begin our 21 days of sacrifice. And this is a wonderful time for us to humble and discipline our, fle our flesh and to get ourselves into alignment with the will and power of God. Do you love the Lord this morning? Can we stand this morning? Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise as we begin to worship? God bless you. So you 
In the darkness over every enemy Jesus, for 
so thankful that my personal life is in the hands of God. I know that God is with me as a person every day, every hour, every minute. But I am so thankful that I know today that not only is God with me, but he's with my family. He cares about me, but he cares about my family. He cares about my marriage. He cares about my children. He cares about my grandkids. I'm thankful for a God like that. And I'm glad to submit to you today, he still loves the church. He still loves his church today. Hallelujah. Let's praise him again. Let's rejoice in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, praise team, for taking us to the throne of God again. We're so thankful for such a sweet spirit of worship and praise that is here today. And uh, we're thankful for all of you that are here today. Thank you so much for coming and making this service possible today. And uh, all of our guests here today, welcome. We're so glad you're here. And uh, for all of our Sunday school classes today, I hope all of y'all's was as fun as mine. I had a great time in Sunday school today. And uh, for those of you that are in our the new, newly arranged adult class, we call it ABC Sunday School, the adult Bible class. If you're in there and a part of it, we had a good time today. Thank y'all. Uh, it's, it's wonderful, and I'm so thankful for it. And... Uh, I mentioned to you about a month or so ago that, uh, well, how many's noticed the 1825 signage out in the lobby? Raise your hand if you've noticed. Everybody's noticed it. Uh, I'm still glad you don't know what that is and uh, what that's about, but we will be telling you shortly. Maybe in the next service or two, we might mention it. Might give you a little hint as to what that might mean. So uh, stay tuned for that. We are so blessed today and, and privileged to have Brother and Sister Steve Cannon with us. They are the uh, uh, General uh, Children's Ministries Directors uh, for the United Pentecostal Church International, and they are truly amazing people. Uh, I love their heart. Uh, they're, they're not holding this office for the prestige or some measure of clout. I truly believe today they care about our children. They care about your children. And if you ever watch them in a children's environment, you'll understand what I'm talking about. He told me last night, and if I need to be corrected, incorrected when he comes, that they've already had a children's, they've hosted a Holy Ghost Children's Crusade. Remember, we hosted one about a year and a half or so ago, I believe it was. And, uh, They've hosted one in every state in America, and I believe he said all 10 provinces of Canada, and they have repeated all the states. They've been in every state of, our, of, of America twice and are about to uh, be in the next coming weeks. They'll have been in every province of Canada twice. That's a lot of traveling, a lot of effort that they care about our children. They have seen hundreds 
and hundreds and hundreds of our kids receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the speaking, speaking in other tongues. They have witnessed preacher's kids receiving the Holy Ghost, missionary kids receiving the Holy Ghost. They've helped create the environment where all of that can happen. Um, they are all about Save Our Children, the fundraiser for this ministry uh, by the United Pentecostal Church. Notice the vehicle they're driving. Their license plate has SOC1, Save Our Children. It's their, it's their priority. It's their life. It's what they live. Love these people. I'm so thankful they're here today. Would you welcome Brother Steve Cannon as he comes to preach the Word of God today? Thank you, Pastor Murphy, and everybody say praise the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and said, today's your great day. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Are you in the house of the Lord this morning? It's going to be a great day. Can you say amen? What an honor it is to be with you today at Grace Church. Amen. To give God praise and thanksgiving today and to thank the Lord for a place to be in in a cold weather. Amen. Uh, it's been cold the last few days. I hope you haven't been into hibernation since then, and I uh, hope you're all doing good. It's an honor to be here today. We certainly give honor to Pastor Glenn Murphy and First Lady Sister Murphy. Privileged to be here with you and Casey and Chris, the parents of Joseph and uh, and Noah. Amen. I saw Noah on the stage. I saw Joseph in the back. I guess I'm going to have to run to the back during my sermon and hug him somewhere to cross away. But it is an honor to be here with you today to give God praise and thanksgiving. My wife and I will be celebrating another anniversary coming up soon. Two days from now, we, we will be married 45 years and seven months. Two days away. So uh, it's, uh, amen. I know I look like I got married pretty early, you know, and I did. Amen. I was so young that I had to have my parents to sign for me to, to, to get married. In Mississippi, you had to be 21 before you could get married without a signature. And so uh, I wasn't 21 yet. And uh, the, the girls had to be 18, so she was a little bit past 18. So nobody had to sign for her, but they did for me. Amen. It's a great joy to be here. I feel a great spirit this morning and Sunday. Amen. Sunday services. Amen. I I think sometime we come to service thinking for the original or just something to pass the time. I just believe that when we get together, great things can happen. Amen. Amen. Anybody believe that with me today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It's, it's, a, it's a new year, and uh, God needs a new me everywhere we are. Amen. So we've had a great time opening up this year, and so it's a privilege to be here. I love brother and sister. Murphy, they're great folks. They fed us greatly last night. Amen. Uh, we ate some Greek food last night, so if I translate a few, a little bit of my message in Greek, that'll probably be all right. And about the only word I can say in Greek is olives, and I want some more of them. So, uh, amen. So that's that. Amen. Appreciate them. I don't know who in this church does your baskets, welcome baskets. I think I'd like to come two or three times a year just to get the welcome basket. Amen, amen, amen. So it is an honor to be here. Stand with me. We'll go to the word of the Lord. I'm always watching the clock, so you'll never have to worry about looking at the clock. Amen. So if you're worried, don't worry about it. It'll be all right. 
Amen. I got a nine-hour drive to try to beat some ice tomorrow or tonight, so I'm going to try to keep the metal to the pedal and watch for the black ice, the white ice, the green ice, any colored ice that we may find along the way. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14, verse 25. 14 and 25. 14 and 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. How many believes that Jesus did walk on the sea? You believe that? Well, the Bible says it did. It was so, so you got to believe that. Amen. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. They cried out for fear because they didn't know what, who it was. And then Jesus responded, saying, It is I, be not afraid. Then the next verse is quite different than 27, 28 says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Now, I think he just said in verse number 27, he said, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Now he's saying, Lord, if that's you, would you bid me come unto thee on the water? And Jesus said, or he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, everybody say it with me, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. So not only do we see Jesus walking on water, guess who else we see walking on water? Simon Peter, he walked on water. Have a little thought I'd like to share with you this morning if it's all right. If you will step out, God will step in. Everybody say it with me. If you will step out, God will step in. Anybody this morning ready to step out a little bit? Why don't you clap your hands? Brother Murphy, would you pray? Ask God's blessing on the word. We love you today. It's a privilege. It's our honor to be able to turn to the word of God for our hope. We believe in the promises of it. We're thankful for your presence. It's already been manifest here today. We pray that you anoint Brother Cannon. We pray, God, that we'd be open-minded, open-hearted to receive the Word of God. Let your Spirit have its way today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. You may be seated tonight, today. The story of Peter walking on the water, I've had a few preachers in my life that just didn't really believe that Peter walked on water. They thought it was a privilege of the Almighty God to walk on water. Uh, I really think I don't have any scriptural basis or bias about it. Adam was created in the image of God, and I really think he probably walked on water, but I have no idea if there was any uh, big beast out in the water. I know that Adam had dominion over everything in the air and in the water. But in the story that I've read for you, there are some things that lead up to it to make a big difference about it simply because great miracles never happen unless prayer is involved. And so Jesus was with his disciples, and he sent his disciples to the other side, and he went into the mountain to pray. And uh, so he said, I'll meet you on the other side. So they got in a boat, and Jesus was never in any doubt, but his priorities was always prayer first. Everybody say prayer first. Amen. I believe we ought to pray before we come into the house of God. I believe we ought to pray while we're in the house of God. And I believe we ought to pray before we leave today. Can anybody say amen? amen. 
And so Jesus had this in his mind, and this is what he lived for. And so the disciples got out in a boat, and without any question mark, he was attacked by waves. Everybody said waves. And when the waves hit against the ship, the disciples were not challenged at all. After that, the wind began to blow. And as the wind blew, the disciples were not afraid because they were very skilled in fishing and handling the water on the Sea of Galilee. I have been privileged to see the Sea of Galilee three times. It's about 10 miles long and in places it's six miles wide. And through the course of it, it is a very, very large uh, uh, water area that was there. So the disciples saw the wind and saw the waves. They were handling the boat, trying to make sure they could get to the other side. But what really scared the disciples was Jesus came walking across on the water. Without any question mark, he was glowing. Everybody say glowing. Now what would you do if you saw somebody glowing in your backyard? What would you do? Well, you may grab your pistol, may grab your uh, a gun or something, may call 911, I don't know. But the disciples were in a position, if you please, that simply said in the midst of the storm, he was walking across the water and they were sore afraid and affrighted. And Jesus spoke unto them and said, be not afraid, it is I, be not afraid. So Peter asked a question and I've always wondered why he asked this question when he said, Lord, if it be thou, I want you to bid me to come unto thee on the water. And so through the course of this, I've come to the conclusion that Peter was there seeing miracles, signs, wonders, all these kind of things. But at this point, Peter says, hey, all we've been is students. I just wonder if we can be involved with what's going on. Actually, Peter was saying, Lord, we've seen you do all the miracles, but I'm wondering, can I be a part of a miracle also? Ladies and gentlemen, this morning I want to confess to you I like to preach about miracles. I like to preach about signs and wonders. And when I hear about it from the mission field, I get all excited about what's taking place. Dead are raised from the dead. Uh, come up out of the grave. Blinded eyes are open. People who had never walked started walking again. I want to see that happen in America. I'm glad for the foreign soul, but I certainly want to see it in America. And so at this moment, ladies and gentlemen, Peter was actually saying, hey, I see all the miracles that you do, but can I be a part of it? Can I be a part of that? And simply Peter, Jesus told him, he just said the word come. And when Peter and when Jesus said come, the Bible tells us that Peter stepped out and somebody say, Jesus steps in. That's not just a one-time happening, ladies and gentlemen. It's a principle in the Word of God. He is dependent upon us to step out, and, he's, and we got to depend upon Him to step in. Have you ever had a situation where you can't do it by yourself? You don't know what's going to happen, but when you call upon the name of the Lord, i got confidence if I step out, He will step in. The most interesting part of this story was this. When Peter stepped out, the Lord stepped in, and so Peter was walking on the water. The only question I might have is, what did the other 11 say? Hey, look at him. He's walking on the water. He must be a really special disciple. He is the, he's the favorite disciple. 
But Jesus did not tell Peter, come. He just said, come. What should have happened was all 11 of them should have got out. And they could have walked on the water. Now, I don't know if you know it or not. We have a secret in the Pentecostal church. We don't want everybody to know. Anybody can come in this service for your very first service. And God can bless you. And God can touch you. And God can heal you. Oh, I thought I had to come here for 20 years. I thought I had to, had to be a charter member of this church. Oh, no. You can come in the very first time and repent of your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus and be filled with the Holy Ghost. So let, let's all stand. Let's, let's do a little exercise. Are y'all ready for exercise? Anybody exercise this morning? How many people exercise? Y'all don't exercise on Sunday morning, do you? That's, that's probably against everybody's feeling. Noah, did you exercise? You did not exercise. How about you, buddy? You did not? Okay, well, let me go ahead and confess to you. I've already exercised. I've got 14,500 steps already. So I've already walked five miles, okay? And if you're happy sitting in that seat, I like you. But if you need a miracle, there's going to be a time in this service when I'm going to ask you to step out. And you can stay in your seat if that's what you want to do. But if you want a miracle, you got to have faith to say, okay, I'm just going to step out. See how good that feels? Woo. Peter had to step out and he walked on the water. Amen. So I want to challenge you today. If you need some exercise, when it comes time to step out for your miracle, step out for your healing, step out for the Holy Ghost, will you step out with me? Come on, put your hands together, give God praise, and you may be seated. So Peter stepped out, started walking on the water. Good news was, ladies and gentlemen, he kept walking on the water until all of a sudden he started looking at the waves and everything that was there. And then he began to sink. And so Jesus was there along the way to help him out because only by trusting and stepping out will God always step in. <laughs> now, I've seen a lot of times that I hadn't done what I should have done. I confess to that. But I've never seen a time that God didn't do what he said he would do. If he said he would touch us, he, you better believe it. I've got a few scriptures I'll share with you if it means anything. There was a historical plan in the Bible, if you look and see. He told us in James 4 and 8, draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. If you step out, he'll step in. Amen. It says, ask, Matthew 7 and 7, and it shall be given to you. You've got to ask first, and he'll step in. Hallelujah. It says, seek and you will find. Amen. Said, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. What's the key to all of these scriptures so far? He's depending on us to step out, and he's going to step in. Blind Bartimaeus was blind, and he heard that Jesus was passing, and he started crying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Somebody tried to calm him down, but he got louder and louder and louder. He stepped out, and Jesus stepped in. 
Amen. The man that tore the roof off, the stuff off the roof, the four guys that tore the roof off and let him in, Jesus did what he always likes to do first. He said, thy sins are forgiven. Woo. Anybody excited about the chance that Jesus can forgive us of our sins? All he did was four guys stepped out and God stepped in. The thief on the cross, ladies and gentlemen, it's a story that has been preached a lot of times. Yes, they were the thieves, if you please. But one guy on the cross looked at Jesus and said, uh, we, we've done all, all of this we deserve. We, we've done wrong. But Lord, I want you to remember me when you come into your kingdom. He actually was hung on the cross, but he still stepped out. And God said, today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. Amen. It's a biblical principle both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. If we'll just open up our heart, God will step in. Joshua chapter 3 is a story of Israel going across the Jordan River. And they are crossing over the, this river that's here. And it's quite interesting. It says, Joshua 3 and 15, And as they that bear the ark were coming to Jordan, at the feet of the priest they bear the ark. Uh, they were dipped in the brim of the water. Tells us that they got the holy ark of the covenant and they were crossing over the Jordan River. The Jordan River is not probably about half the size of this sanctuary right here under normal times. But during flood season it could be ten times this. So the most holiest thing that they had in Israel was the Ark of the Covenant. But when their feet touched the water, guess what happened? The water parted. They had to step out so God could step in. Somebody shout hallelujah. And at that moment, the Bible tells us that the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. The Ark of the Covenant got into the middle of the Jordan River and Israel came across there while the Ark was in the middle there and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed were clean over Jordan. Amen. In the story of Daniel and the den of lions, if you please, the decree came out that if you worshipped any other god than the god of the Chaldeans, you'll be thrown into the lion's den. At this story, ladies and gentlemen, i got to be honest with you and let you know without any question mark. Amen. Daniel was serving God, and he wasn't going to stop. He was still praying three times a day, and God was still stepping in. Whether God was going to deliver him out of that lion's den, he did not know, but he was not turning away from God. But when they threw Daniel into the lion's den, ladies and gentlemen, down in the mouth of that, those, uh, down in the mouth of those lions, they could not attack uh, Daniel with their mouth. But we're smart enough to know they could have sliced him in half with their paws. They could have beat him up and sliced him up. But ladies and gentlemen, the plan was: whenever you step out, God steps in. How many believe that God can shut the mouth of the lions? He can shut the mouth of Satan. Only if we will step out. Hallelujah. The story of the three Hebrew children is another story that I've read. And I'm so glad for what took place. They were told at the sound of the music, you had to bow down. At the sound of the music, you had to pray. You had to give honor and praise to the false gods. But when the music played, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bow. Amen. They remained standing up. And I read the scripture, I think it's found in uh, uh, Daniel 3, verse 22 through 23. It says, therefore, the, because of the king's commandment was urgent, 
the furnace exceeding hot. The flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So ladies and gentlemen, they led Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to throw them in the fiery furnace. And when they opened up the door, guess what happened? Everybody that had touched Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got burned up. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell into the fire. And when they fell into the fire, it was there that, that God let them know, if you'll step out, I'll step in. When, he, when they stepped into the fire, they stopped and realized God's with us here. Even the king looked through the, the window that was there and said, did not we throw three in the fire? But we see four in the fire. And he said these words, and that fourth one looks like the son of God. I just want you to know the king got it wrong. The king got it wrong. He wasn't the fourth one in the fire because when we step out, he's going to be the first in the fire. Hallelujah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were spared because of the things that matters. Amen. I know I'm in children's ministry, and I might share a lot of children's stuff today if that's all right. Amen. I heard a story just a few weeks ago of a little seven-year-old girl that started a revival in the church that won 100 plus people in their whole local church. The church was in revival and, and the mom and dad was going to stop by and get some gas at a certain gas station. And so uh, while dad's out filling up the gas, a little girl, seven-year-old girl in the back seat looks over and sees a lady crying and, and the guy working on the car underneath it. And all of a sudden, what, what come over the seven-year-old girl? I have no idea. But she opened up her door. And she walked over to where the, where the lady was that was crying. And this is what she said. Ma'am, you can get forgiveness for that. And she stopped and turned around and went back in the car and shut the door. The woman started crying and saying what was... She, she started coming towards the car to talk to the little girl's mother. And the uh, little girl's mother started saying, what, what did my daughter say to you? Did she, did she treat you ugly? Did she say something horrible? She said, no, ma'am, I've done a lot of sin in my life. And she just told, told me that I could get forgiveness for that. I just wonder, where do y'all go to church yet? They told her, said, we're in revival and the preachers are still at the church. They were eating chicken and cut, cutting up and laughing and, and doing all kind of crazy stuff like preachers know how to do. The, the husband and wife walked in the back and she said, I need forgiveness for this. Some little girl, a seven-year-old girl told me I could find forgiveness at this church and I believe I can find it here. They carried the man and woman in the sanctuary. Amen, Brother Murphy, they had to cast three devils out of that woman before she ever received the Holy Ghost. And a little seven-year-old girl walked up to somebody who's demon-possessed and said, you can get forgiveness for that. So everything Satan had ever thought about was, what can I counteract? What can I say to attack that? I can't say anything. Because Satan cannot forgive you of your sins, but Jesus can. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord. The woman and the man prayed through, and they brought over 100 people in the next few weeks that God filled with the Holy Ghost. Guess what happened? A seven-year-old stepped out 
and God stepped in. In that same church, after a few weeks of revival, there was a special party, a special thing that took place. There was a little girl, and she was eight years old. And she had, uh, she had, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the disease. She was always shaking. Amen. She had some kind of disease that was there, and they recognized that. And every time they came to church, she would always shake. Amen. Special needs there. She could never stop shaking like that. But she always came to the altar anyhow, even though she shook. One night during the Holy Ghost rally, while they were there, somebody gave out a message in tongues. And as soon as they gave out a message in tongues, her hands stopped shaking. They dropped down beside her. And when the tongues was get, come forth, the little girl interpreted the tongues, eight years old, with the right word from God. Hey, I want to tell you, if you're a child, you can start revival in grace. I'm a firm believer that if you'll ever step out, he will step in. Man, I'm glad he don't look at birth certificates. I might be too old to receive a miracle. I might have gone too far to receive a miracle. But I found out that it doesn't matter what. If you'll step out, God will step in. Well, clap your hands to the Lord today. Mark 3, verses 1 through 5. I think they've got that scripture. Jesus and Jesus entered the synagogue again. There was a man there with a withered hand. So they watched him closely whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they may accuse him. They were in the synagogue on the Sabbath. A man needs a miracle. And they watched Jesus really, really close because they thought, what is he going to do on the Sabbath day? Amen. And he said unto the man with the withered hand, step forward. Or excuse me, can I go ahead and use my sermon? Step out. He took one step forward because Jesus wanted him to step up. Because sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, you can sit around with people who doubt long enough. It's time for you to step out around the doubt and start believing that all things are possible. I'm just still reading in the word if that's all right. Then he said unto them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked around them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said unto the man, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched forth it and he stretched it out and his hand was restored as whole as other. What that simply means, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes you got to step out, folks who doubt and believe God, and He'll come through. I don't know if they got the picture that I sent. I sent a couple of pictures. I got a picture of a three-year-old, and I don't want anybody to get too out of control, okay? Amen. This was on March the 17th, 2023. A three-year-old. It's a picture of a three-year-old here. I was, I was just encouraging folks for the Holy Ghost rally that was coming up. And I told them that, uh, that uh, if you'll come down to this front, if you'll come down to this altar, repent of your sins, close your eyes, lift your face, lift your voice, raise your hands, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. 
And while I was there, Brother Murphy, I told him I'd already seen two three-year-olds get the Holy Ghost. And as soon as I said, I've seen two three-year-olds get the Holy Ghost, guess what the mom said to the little girl? You're three years old. You can get the Holy Ghost today. Brother Kevin seen two. You could be number three. Guess what that mom did when I said that? She stepped out. It can happen for my babies. It can happen for my children. Now I know, I know I run against I run run up against uh, uh, questionable thinking sometimes. Brother Cannon, they're not old enough yet. I understand that. But I've already seen two, three year olds. Their mamas was holding both of those kids and they were speaking in tongues. And I would not tell anybody unless the parents verified, yep, they're getting the Holy Ghost. This little three-year-old girl right here, ever since she was big enough to walk, when they gave her altar call, she came up front. Every time they prayed, she came up front. Every time folks got around the front like these young people were, she came up with them. That's all she thought she was supposed to do. Amen. And I said one more thing, and it got her attention. I said, when you feel his presence, I want you to lift up your hands. There's one more picture after this, I believe, and we'll show that if you please. Here she is, three years old. When she put those hands up, her mom had already stepped out. Her mom had already stepped out. And God stepped in. And she spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave a utterance. What was the key? What was the success? Her mom stepped out, and God stepped in. Now, let me uh, clarify and quantify how I feel about this. If a three-year-old gets the Holy Ghost, they don't know everything. You better keep them in the altar and keep them praying through and keep them worshiping and magnifying God. That's the only way to keep them going. At BOTT last week, they had a Holy Ghost rally for missionary kids. Everybody say missionary kids. They were all uh, probably 10 all the way down to 5. And in that missionary service, two missionary children received the Holy Ghost for the first time. But before I left, I told every missionary kid, whenever you get the Holy Ghost, you strengthen your parents. Mom and dad feel better about what they're doing when you get the Holy Ghost. 19 more will refill with the Holy Ghost. A total of 21 at BOTT. Missionary kids. Come on, you got to keep stepping out and believing. You're never too young to serve God. You're never too young to believe. You just got to have the faith to step out. And when you step out, he always steps in. How many believes that? Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Clap your hands to the Lord this morning. I don't know if I ought to tell this story or not, but I'm going to give it a try. You know, it's a great joy uh, for God to do things in your life. I've been privileged to serve children's ministry. This is, I've been on the national team. This is my 24th year on the national team. Next year will be my silver anniversary, 25 years. 11 years in Mississippi and starting on the 13th here for me, national level. You know, I just believe that God's got a great plan for our children. Every time I go to a service, I'm thinking, okay, what kind of 6, 7, 8, 10, 12, 14-year-old person is out there that God is calling? You just never know. 
Well, my baby daughter was fixing to have her last child. And so, if you understand delivery, then uh, granddads don't get to go into the delivery room. So, I'm in the, I'm in the uh, waiting room waiting for the great announcement of a new grandbaby. It would have been my seventh grandchild. And so, uh, while they were getting ready, my middle daughter went in and was visiting with them. And the doctor's uh, nurse said, okay, everybody's get out, got to get out except for the main folks that's going to have to stay inside of here because the delivery's almost here. And so my middle girl, was, she's always been a little uh, funny girl or always, if she could get in trouble, she probably would. But she looked around and the nurses were gone, so she slipped in the bathroom and shut the door because she wanted to hear that baby cry out for the first time. So here she is in the bathroom waiting on what's about to happen. And she's already uh, five months pregnant herself, or six months, I believe it was. So she's pregnant, but she wants to hear the baby for the first sound. So she's inside of the uh, delivery room, and everything's going really smooth till all of a sudden the red light started flashing. And they, they started in emergency mode. The nurses uh, as a baby came forth, the cord was wrapped around the baby's neck and the child was not bleeding, not breathing. And so all the nurses were working like crazy trying to, trying to get the baby's breath back into, into the child. And all of a sudden, my daughter in the, in the bathroom slipped out. And she eased over where the nurses were. And this is what she said. In the name of Jesus Christ. Then the nurses threw up their hands and said, Doctor, we can't do it. Would you please come out? So the doctor came out and he worked with the baby the best he possibly could. And after that, he was about to give up, give up there in the middle of the delivery room. And then my little middle girl walked over and said, in the name of Jesus. Put her hand on the doctor's shoulder and said, in the name of Jesus, I speak life. And when she said life, the baby opened up his mouth. Baby started crying. What was the success? The success was my middle daughter stepped out and God stepped in. I believe these kind of miracles should happen in the church. They should take place in our midst. Come on, stand up. Let's give God some praise, would you? Thank you for what he's done. Thank you for what he's done. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. I know you're listening to me probably thinking, man, it happens to him because he's a preacher. No, that doesn't happen to me because I'm a preacher. It just happens because I believe every once in a while you just got to step out and believe. I read a book, uh, I think it was called How to Grow Rich or whatever it is. One of the stories about the guy that was digging for oil, digging for gold, stopped three feet short of his miracle. If he'd gone three foot further, he would have struck the gold mine, but he didn't do it. So I want to challenge everybody in this place today. I don't know what your new year has brought you. I don't know what the new year has attacked you with, but I just want to tell you, if you'll step out by faith this morning, God's ready to supply the need. If it's financial, do you believe he can take care of it? 
If it's backslidden children, can he take care of it? If it's putting your family back together, you believe he can handle it? All right, remain standing. The music's coming. That's always good. You know I'm just about done when the music comes. I want to tell one more story, then I'm done. Everybody say he's done after that. My friend, uh, pastors of church, and uh, in an old National Guard armory, told the story that every Sunday that he came to church, there were needles and drug paraphernalia going down to the Sunday school area. So every day he'd have to sweep all those things up, clean them up. Every day that he had to clean them up, he got more angry and angrier than he'd ever been. And he said, I can't wait to catch that guy. I'm going to put him in jail. I'm going to call the law. I'm going to get rid of him. So he camped out one night over the weekend in the church, down in the dungeon. And he slipped out and caught the man doing drugs and selling drugs right on the church property. Matter of fact, he said when I went in, he was putting a needle in his in between his toes. It was the only place left that he could even give himself any drugs. So the pastor walked out. He got a little angry and upset with him. I would, probably Brother Murphy would have. Uh, maybe not. Maybe Sister Murphy read it. May have put him in a headlock, choked him a little while or what. I don't know what it would have been. But all the things that happened there. He told him, said, I want you to get out of here. And I don't want you to ever come back. All these needles could have affected our children. It could have killed our children. And then the gentleman just kind of tilted his head down and he said, well, I saw out in the front yard that this was a church. And I've been doing drugs for all these years and I was just wondering if I could get some help here. man rolled up his sleeves it looked like somebody had a hot rake and just went up and down both arms he had no places to put any more drugs in his veins in his arms so at that moment the pastor kindly thought well I was trying to kill him I was ready to get rid of him God may need some help so he started teaching him a Bible study told him about repentance about how God can wash away all your sins make you clean how that if you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, it'll wash away all your sins. When he started telling me, he said, oh, no, preacher, you messed up now. He threw out his arms and showed him all the marks. There's no way he could take care. He could forgive me of this. And the preacher kept telling him, yes, he can. He can wash away your sins. He can make you whole again. Anybody believe that today? Hallelujah. I hope it's okay to say this There are a lot of drugs killing our young people There are a lot of drugs killing people in our world today I don't even like the smell of marijuana But somehow it keeps chasing after me Truck drivers in front of me driving They smoking marijuana And I'm thinking, God We need a miracle in our generation like never before 
So the drug dealer who had no church experience shows up at church. When he shows up at church, he's looking at everybody trying to figure out what's going on here. What is this? After church, he said, Preacher, you told me that Jesus would forgive me of all my sins. Do you really believe that? He said, oh, yes, I believe it. When you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, if you're in this audience today and you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name as soon as possible. He kept coming service after service, and one day he called the preacher. He says, I want you to be honest with me. I know you do all that religious stuff, but do you think he can really forgive me of my sins? The preacher said, yes, when you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, all your sins are going to be washed away. Several services, he came back again and says, I know we talked about it last week, but do you still believe that's what it takes? He said, I still believe. The next Sunday, they planned a water baptism. He got on the choir robe got in the tank and pastor asked somebody else to pray and he asked the preacher one more time are you sure this is going to work he said I'm sure it's going to work then he went through the process of saying upon the confession of your faith and obedience to the word of God I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and he put him down in the water and when he came up he raised his hands he jumped out of the water. He was splashing water everywhere and he said, it works, it works, it works, it works. The congregation was so excited. The faith of a drug dealer. The faith of a drug dealer. After all this was done, he looked at him and he told the preacher, he said, Preacher, you don't see what I see. He said, What do you see? And he rolled up his sleeves. And every scar and every stain and every needle that had went in there was made totally whole. That's what Jesus wants to do for our generation in 2024. I just wonder, anybody here, can you believe with me? Can, can you believe for it? If you've got friends that's taking drugs, don't give up on them. Don't throw them under the bus. Tell them there's hope. There's hope and grace. There's hope and grace. And we're stepping out. And we believe for we're believing for it. The impossible. We'll see a miracle. God, we believe. And if you need a miracle, I want you to step out of your pew, right? I want you to come up to this front. There's a miracle working power in this house today. You step out. He's going to step in.